0: Welcome to All Things Financial Management, an ASMC podcast sponsored by GuideHouse, where we discuss all things under the auspices of the Comptroller's Office and address top-of-mind issues in the financial management community. Good morning. My name is Tom Rhodes. I'm a partner with GuideHouse, where I work with clients across the DoD and other government agencies to transform and optimize their financial management functions. I'll be your host for today's podcast. For those of you who may be new to this podcast series, let me take just a moment to provide some background on the American Society of Military Comptrollers. The American Society of Military Comptrollers, or ASMC, is the nonprofit, educational, and professional organization for individuals, military, civilian, corporate, or retired, involved or interested in the field of defense financial management. ASMC promotes the education and training of its members and supports the development and advancement of the profession of defense financial management. The society provides membership, education and professional development, and certification programs to keep members and the overall financial management community abreast of current issues and encourages the exchange of information, techniques, and approaches. And with that, I'd like to introduce our guest for today. Today we have with us Mr. Carlos Rogers, a member of the Senior Executive Service. He is the Principal Deputy Secretary of the Air Force for Financial Management and Comptroller. Mr. Rogers oversees the budgeting, cost estimating, and financial operations of more than $205 billion in annual resources that support Department of the Air Force priorities, in accordance with Congressional, Secretary of Defense, and Secretary of the Air Force Direction. Additionally, he was responsible for the professional development of more than 12,000 military and civilian members of the Air Force financial management community. Mr. Rogers, thanks for being here with us.
1: Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Can you
0: tell us about your background and what brought you to your current position as the Principal Deputy Assistant Secretary of the Air Force for Financial Management Comptroller? In other words, Mr. Rogers, can you
1: share with us your story? All right, well, I was thinking back over my career and what shaped it. And one of the things that even got me uh, interested in the Air Force is, and just for history's sake, I grew up as a military brat. So we moved around, I I grew up on military bases, but I wasn't really thinking about a career either as military or civilian in, in the Air Force. But when I was interviewing after college, at the end of college, what interested me is the mission. And so I looked at different corporate jobs and different, and I had really a number of, of good opportunities, but it was the Air Force mission that really attracted me, the the type of work, and I was very interested to do that work. And so I ended up being selected into the Air Force Palace Acquire intern program, and I landed at Scott Air Force Base. And that was really a great place to be because I had some wonderful mentors, and I always go back and talk about the mentors because it shaped how my career has unfolded. So I had uh, two lieutenant colonels and a civilian that were the primary people that mentored me. They kind of focused on three things. One is it was very important for me to focus on my job performance and delivering results for wherever I was working. They drilled that in, how key that was, And over and over, we talked about that. A second thing that they thought and again talked to me about was developing goals over the long term. And so I did develop goals of where I wanted to be uh, in my career. And then the last thing was perhaps the most important thing of the things they talked about was getting experience across the Air Force. And that kind of shaped how I've navigated my career because I, was, I started off working in an operational command, what is now Air Mobility Command at uh, Scott Air Force Base. And I recall having a meeting with my Lieutenant Colonel uh, Budget Chief, and I, he asked me to develop some long-term goals, and I showed them to him, and I was thinking about a lot of jobs there at Scott Air Force Base. You have number of missions there, transcoms there, and there's other uh, defense uh, disses there. And he looked at it for about five seconds and said, hey, try again, and here's a clue. You're not gonna be on Scott Air Force Base. And so what he encouraged me to do from that operational experience is to take a job in a support command. And at the time, there was an Air Force Communications Command that was there, and it did some of the things that you see Air Force Materiel Command do today. I took that job, I followed his advice, And it connected me with some other mentors. And I ended up going from there to another operational command. And so this was kind of the pattern that I was trying to achieve as part of my goal, get as much experience as possible. And so I ended up down at Herbert Field in in AFSOC, Special Ops Command. And that was a, a great experience because it was a new command. And so I got involved in a lot of things that I probably wouldn't have at the grade that I was at. And from there, I after you working some years, I wanted to move on to a another a support command. And so at Eglin, there was an opportunity to work in test and evaluation. So I did that. and I maneuvered myself into the acquisition and worked on a number of major defense acquisition programs. And I didn't intend to stay at Eglin for my entire, or at least for a good amount of time, but I was getting promoted and getting additional, responsibilities and growing. And I did that. And so after working there, my next move was what? Again, try to get into another operational command or come to the headquarters. And so I uh, had an opportunity to come to the headquarters here to work in South F&B. When I was on the way or at least planning to come up, there was an opening at the F-35 program. And so I ended up getting an opportunity to serve there. And the F-35 was probably the most dynamic of the experiences that I had working in a joint environment. And and previously, I'd worked in a number of what I thought were joint programs, acquisition programs, when I was at Eglin. But I never really understood what joint meant until I went to the F-35. Because working in that program, in order to really do it effectively, you had to do it from an OSD perspective. You could not do it from a Navy or Air Force perspective. And so from there, the things that I, I gained from that is I had in developed relationships at the OSD level across many of the, the different functions there from comptroller to acquisition and sustainment, just a lot of deep relationships there. I also got a chance to see the Department of the Navy and the Department of the Air Force a little bit of the behind the scenes in the palm. Just the, because of the size of that program and its importance, you, you get involved in a lot of things in different ways, and that was very, very unique. Another of the key experiences that I got out of F-35 or, uh, was the, the congressional end over on the Hill. So I I spent a lot of time over on the Hill, and in many cases, it would be the PEO, program executive officer, and myself over on the Hill briefing committee members and PSMs. And so I was able to develop a number of relationships, and that was just a huge level of experience in those different areas. And while I was seeking to do an operational assignment or headquarters assignment after working at Eglin, I think F 35 was a test in a number of areas that set me on the course to being able to be in the position that I'm in today. And so I ended up applying for the Director of Budget Investment here in SAF FMB, and I got that position and again, had opportunities to use a lot of the networking that I gained out of the F-35, including my Hill relationships, which propelled me into the deputy director of budget job. And then, you know, here I am. And I look at back at my career and I look at all of the things that happened, whether I was working in an operational environment or working in a supporter environment, working in different levels and collaborating, learning how to collaborate and learning how to maneuver inside the building were just hugely important. And that's really how I think I was able to get to this level and to get into this key position. And so I'm very fortunate to have had mentors from back at Scott that basically pushed me to look across the Air Force and try to get broad experience, and then also push me to focus on my performance and delivering results. So I always go back to that beginning because a lot of the, the guidance that I received from those mentors shaped what happened and w- what my roadmap was as, as I carried out my career. So anyway, that's my story. That's how I ended up getting here. It was an effort, really a deliberate effort to get operational acquisition experience. And I was really important. What was important about that is not just getting surface or touch points, but really getting deep experience in these areas. And so I think that has really helped me to be able to be in this position today. It's an amazing, amazing journey, Mr. Rogers. And
0: if someone were to, you know, have gone back in time when you were an intern and said, "You know, someday Mr. Rogers, you're going to be the principal deputy for financial management, helping to run the financial operations of the US Air Force." What would have been your reaction to that back then?
1: I would not have believed it. I would have said, "You're kidding. There's no way that I'm going to do that." And that's something that I've shared with other people that through your career, there's opportunities for advancement by setting some goals and working hard toward those goals. And so my journey wasn't easy necessarily. There's a lot of difficult jobs, but I tell other people that it's possible to do this and possible to get in, in these key positions if you are willing to do all of the things that are, are necessary to build that experience space that you need. And that was really the important thing for me when I had a goal back in the early part of my career, was to be a maybe a MAGCOM, deputy comptroller or chief of financial analysis. That's actually where I I thought I might land, but all of the experiences that I've received in these various assignments have helped me and propelled me to where I am.
0: That's well, a it's a great story, and um, you know the Department of the Air Force recently published its financial management strategic plan. And I really like the FM vision and the FM mission. I'm just going to read those so I don't make a mistake on those. But for the FM vision, it's financial excellence powered by airmen, fueled by innovation. And then for the FM mission, it's provide fiscally responsible resource management, auditable and timely financial services, and actionable decision support to deliver air and space capabilities for our nation. What are the Air Force's strategic goals award this to support your mission, and why is it so important to have this guiding document?
1: Yeah, so that great question. So there are three goals. One of them is to develop and retain a highly skilled FM team. The second one is to harness technology and standardized processes and data analytics to support auditability. And the third is to optimize resources, mitigate risk, and support our customers. And so the one of the reasons why we have sort of refreshed the goals, and, the, and Honorable Kristen Jones, who became our SAF-FM last summer, came on board and wanted to take an opportunity to set us on a course in these areas. And when you think about our three goals that we have that I outlined, they touch all of the things that we have to do as an FM to continue to serve the department in the best light. And so I think this was an, a great time to be able to change because it also coincided with some of the changes that are occurring with our secretary and some of the focus areas that he had. So, this refocus, if you will, of the FM mission and goals that we had in this strategic plan line up well with what we're doing across the Air Force. And I think we'll get. The financial management community in the right place uh, going forward.
0: That's great, and I um in the mission, your the FM mission says financial excellence powered by airmen. And I noticed that developing and retaining a world class workforce is the first goal in your yes. strategic plan. How do you plan to do this in today's competitive environment for talent?
1: Yeah, so this the, and uh, you're right, the competitive environment, and and we have different environments around the country. In the national capital region, it's a competitive environment. And so we recognize that we have to be very deliberate in our action. Well, I think one of the things that we, as we started looking at this ability to develop and retain talent, is we have to spend some time understanding what happens. Why do people stay? Why do people go? Or why do people leave FM? And we've done a lot of work to understand the workforce and to get some feedback from the workforce. And then the other part of it is, we've had to adapt some of our processes so that we could meet the needs of the workforce today. For example, during the pandemic, we all organizations did some level of telework, but as we got out of the pandemic, we looked hard at being able to provide those kinds of capabilities for our workforce in all areas. And and when I cross all of our, our, our divisions and directorates and in all of our locations. And so we're using or trying to use those kinds of tools so that we can meet the employees of today and what they're expecting. And then the other thing that we're trying to do is make sure we understand where our high performers are. And so we have been doing some work to identify who those high performers are in our various elements of our organization, and then determining ways that we can incentivize them to stay with and, and retain them over over the life of, of their career. And so there's various ways to do that. But in some cases, it has to do with making sure we have done the work to define those career paths and the assignments that those individuals can take so that they continue to develop and continue to grow. And those are things that are going to be important for us over the long term as we go down the path on on this goal. And so we have a lot of work to do in this area, but we feel that we have to look at all aspects of what it takes to retain the workforce, as well as looking at being able to go out to colleges and other places and and work with our personnel center to uh, allow people to understand what kind of jobs we have and where, they may be able to fit in with us. And so that's the journey that we're on in this particular area.
0: And when you go out to colleges to recruit new candidates, what do you share with the candidates about the value of pursuing a career with the Air Force? Like, how do you convince them that this is the place to be?
1: Yeah, so I, you know, I try, when I have, I've done this several times in my career, and I hope I can do this more. What I try to talk to them about is some of the things that I was able to do some of the roles and responsibilities and some of the the work uh, the types of work that i have been able to do and i I use myself as examples and i've encouraged other people as we do this and we talk about this to describe some of their experiences so people get to know what it's like and what types of mission we have and what what kinds of jobs that we have i think sometimes when people think about government jobs or civil service, they think of a big bureaucracy. And and I don't know if, if you're not familiar with the military, it's, it, in some cases, you may not even understand what kind of work that we do in the government. And I think it's important for all of us to explain that, to provide examples of things that we do and the focus areas that we have so people can get a better sense for the type of work we have. Cause that's sort of what happened with me. And again, that was some years ago, but I feel like there are people out in either graduating from college or maybe working in other sectors that will be interested in this type of work. And so the key is, can we get out a message to them? Can we communicate with them and connect with them so that they will apply for our positions?
0: I noticed, Mr. Rogers, that in the FM mission, it's one of the principles is to have auditable and timely financial services. So audit, obviously, is a priority for most of the services today. How is the Air Force harnessing the power of technology and innovation to support
1: audit efforts and enhance business processes? Yes, so we have a number of things that we're doing in this area. So one of the things that we have focused on is we have created a financial air and space community space in the DoD at Vanna. So this will allow us to basically have one location for our authoritative data sources. And the idea over time is to be able to standardize processes across all of our organizations here in the headquarters as well as across the MatchComs. And this financial air and space team resources faster, a community space, is our path for the future to have that essentially address that standard process piece of this. And so we've moved some of our systems on to the cloud uh, in this environment, and we've also made plans to move other systems. But the idea is to streamline the work that we do and to create again, authoritative sources of data that all of our both MATCHCOMs and FILDCOMs can use. And that we feel like will put us on a path to be audible in the future, but it also will help address some of the issues that we have with manual processes and manual workarounds and, and those sorts of challenges. Another area that we have been working very hard on is robotics. So we have put together A number of different processes that essentially get us out of some manual processes. You can use robotics to do a lot of things and we have over 40 different applications that we have put in place over the last several years and we will continue to do this. And and in some cases some of these things have helped automate some of the things that we have to do as a financial management community and we believe that automation and using robotics can be a, a game changer for us in the form of saving and reducing manpower. And if we can reduce manpower on some of these tedious uh, routine tasks, we believe then we can just sort of repurpose or allow those people to do other higher priority analysis. And so that's those are just a couple of examples of some things that we think will help us in a number of ways, including ultimately becoming audible in the future. Great. Thanks, Mr. Rogers.
0: So we like to wrap up each episode with some advice for a new careerist. So knowing what you know now, what advice would you give a new careerist who's just starting
1: out their career? So I'll just mention one other bit of information about me. So I said, I mentioned that I, I, I had, my father was in the military, so we moved around a lot. So I went to 11 schools from kindergarten to twelfth grade. we moved almost every couple of years. And so one of the things moving around does is it makes you resilient. But the other part that it did for me is, is gave me some optimism, you know, about what I could do. And so if I had to advise people you know about in their career, given my background, I would advise them to lay out a plan, that incorporates some geographic mobility because they can really enrich their experience across their career. And so I, as I mentioned, I moved a couple of places, but if I could have, I would have moved even more because I wanted to get broad experience. And And that was very much like my life growing up as a, as a child. Some people don't like to move because it's a change and there's risk and opportunity but i always felt like i gained something when i moved and i was always excited to move when i was a child and in my career i have gained a lot when i have moved and gone to other locations and learned new missions and so one of the things that i would tell people is as they get in into the service and start to work as they lay out their plans for their future it's important for them to not limit the opportunities and to be willing to be geographically mobile and move to different locations because you'll be enriched by the experiences each command that i've worked in has had a different culture and i wouldn't have understood that if i had not moved around and as i said if i could go back again i would have moved even more because I felt like that has been a huge part of what has gotten me to this place today. What great advice and what a neat
0: perspective on moving. That's great, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for your time. I know how busy you are and appreciate you being with us today.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for tuning in to All Things Financial Management, an ASMC podcast series sponsored by GuideHouse. You can find all our episodes on ASMC's Engage platform and at our website, guidehouse.com, all things financial management.